RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top story is a chartered flight to Guangzhou brings home Chinese citizens, including 27 Hong Kongers who were stranded in Morocco. The Commerce Secretary signals that government-guaranteed loans will soon be available and police arrest 10 in a Chimsachoi pub. A chartered flight to Guangzhou is bringing home a group of Chinese citizens, including 27 Hong Kongers who were stranded in Morocco. Francis Seat reports. The group had been stuck in the North African country because of travel restrictions imposed due to the coronavirus outbreak. The flight, which was arranged by the Chinese embassy in Morocco, left Casablanca on Thursday. The passengers will have to pay for the cost. The Hong Kongers have been given permission to skip mainland quarantine, but they will have to provide authorities there with a sample. They will spend their 14-day quarantine at home in Hong Kong, provided they clear the COVID-19 testing at Asia World Expo. And after arriving there by coach via Shenzhen Bay Port, they will have to stay at the testing center until their results are out. 18 Hong Kongers still remain in Morocco. The SAR government says it will follow up with the Chinese embassy and airlines so they can return at a later date. The Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development, Edward Yao, says a scheme in which the government offers a full guarantee to companies taking out low-interest bank loans could be rolled out by the middle of this month at the earliest. Winnie Leung reports. Mr. Yao said under the scheme, which was announced in February's budget, businesses could enjoy a one-year principal moratorium, with the loan capped at $4 million. Speaking on an RTHK program, Mr. Yao said the government was prepared for the risk, and he hoped the scheme could help small businesses deal with the impact of the coronavirus outbreak. The minister said many companies had seen business drop by up to 80% because of the epidemic, with the tourism industry seeing virtually no business. Mr. Yao also said the government was still unsure whether the annual book fair could still go ahead as planned in July due to the epidemic, but he said if it does take place, the government was willing to shoulder its exhibition fees, which come to around $40 million. The police have arrested 10 people in a pub in Chimsachoi. Some were detained for breaching social distancing regulations, but others were already on the police's wanted list. Francis Sitt reports. The pub was found to be still operating despite last week's government order for all bars to close in the fight against the coronavirus. Seven people, including two owners, were arrested for operating the first floor bar on Cameron Road as officers inspected entertainment venues in an anti-triad operation. Two customers who were on the police wanted list were also arrested along with another who was unable to show ID. The police, who discovered about two dozen customers in the bar, said they would step up operations against entertainment venues during the Easter weekend to make sure no one is breaking social distancing rules. Mainland health authorities have reported 42 new confirmed cases of COVID-19 today. Robert Kemp reports. In its daily report, the National Health Commission said 38 of the 42 cases were imported. It also reported four new domestically transmitted cases, three in Guangdong and one in Heilongjiang, and one death in Hubei, the epicentre of the first outbreak. The Commission also said there were three new suspected cases, all of which had come from abroad. With regard to asymptomatic cases, the Commission said there were 1,097, including 349 from abroad, that were still under medical observation. The total number of mainland confirmed cases stands at nearly 82,000. Meanwhile, Johns Hopkins University has said the United States recorded 1,783 COVID-19 deaths in the past 24 hours. The number of fatalities was lower than the previous day's record toll of 1,973. 
The state of New York has seen the highest number of deaths in a single day since the start of the coronavirus outbreak. 790 people died on Wednesday. The state governor, Andrew Cuomo, said he had to call in extra funeral directors to cope with the crisis. We lost more lives yesterday than we have to date. And to put all of this in perspective, I lived through 9-11. 9-11 was supposed to be the darkest day in New York for a generation. We lose 2,753 lives on 9-11. We've lost over 7,000 lives to this crisis. And New York has started to bury some of its dead in mass graves. Images taken by drones show laborers working on excavated ground on Hart Island. The dead in pine coffins are buried in long, narrow trenches. New York is the worst-hit city in the U.S., which is now the epicenter of the pandemic. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Britain's Prime Minister Boris Johnson has been moved out of intensive care where he's been treated for symptoms of coronavirus. He's been in, he'd been in, in intensive care for three days, but will be kept in hospital for further treatment. Meanwhile, the number of coronavirus-related fatalities in the UK has risen by 881. That's slightly lower than Wednesday's figure. Scientists have suggested that the peak of the epidemic in Britain may not arrive before next week. Dominic Raab is the UK's Foreign Secretary. The whole country has been practicing a stringent form of social distancing for three weeks now. But just take a moment to think of the progress that we've already made following the guidance, staying at home, denying the virus what it needs to spread more easily and to kill more people. And we're starting to see the impact of the sacrifices we've all made. But the deaths are still rising and we haven't yet reached the peak of the virus. So it's still too early to lift the measures that we've put in place. The South Korean city of Daegu, which was the center of the country's coronavirus epidemic, has recorded no new cases for the first time since the outbreak began two months ago. Nationwide, 27 new cases were confirmed, the lowest number in seven weeks. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports from Seoul. No new reported cases of coronavirus in the city of Daegu is good news. But health officials have issued a stark warning ahead of the Easter weekend. They're concerned about large church services and the Prime Minister has urged religious groups to refrain from mass gatherings. Meanwhile, South Koreans are heading to the polls, which have opened for two days of early voting ahead of the parliamentary elections next week. All voters are advised to wear masks, they'll have their temperature checked and be kept at least one metre apart from others while waiting to cast their ballot. Singapore is taking steps to combat a spike in coronavirus cases among migrant workers living in cramped dormitories. The BBC's Monica Miller reports. Officials are setting up army camps, floating hotels and vacant public housing lots to contain the spread of the disease after officials announced an additional 287 new cases. That's the highest daily tally so far. More than 200 are related to foreign workers who live in dormitories who now need to move to larger accommodations. They say it spread among workers who visited a busy shopping center and later infected their colleagues. Singapore has been praised for its swift and thorough handling of the pandemic. Back to local news, RTHK has learned that a sergeant in the police tactical unit with COVID-19 is now in intensive care after his condition deteriorated. RTHK was told that the 46-year-old man now needs a ventilator. He's believed to have caught the virus after using facilities at the police operational base in Sepkip May. Another officer from the same station had previously gone down with the virus. 
The police have arrested a 27-year-old male driver following an accident on Typo Road last night in which a 26-year-old man was killed while apparently crossing the road. The incident happened near Kowloon Reservoir. The man suffered serious injuries and was unconscious when sent to hospital. He was declared dead in the early hours of this morning. Finance major oil exporting countries have agreed to cut production by 10 million barrels a day to counter the slump in demand caused by the coronavirus crisis. The tentative deal came at a video conference meeting of OPEC nations and allies, including Russia. In Washington, D.C., President Trump said the damage caused by the oil market to the oil market by the coronavirus pandemic was considerable. The virus knocked out 40 percent of the market. Now, there was a lot of oil, but it was very controllable. All of a sudden, they lost 40 percent. You look at the road, you look at the car, you look at what's going on. There's nobody driving. There's no reason for it right now. That'll start coming back. There's been another massive increase in U.S. unemployment as the country struggles to contain the coronavirus outbreak. More than six and a half million new claims were made in just the past seven days. More than 16 million jobs have been lost over the past three weeks. The BBC's Gary O'Donoghue says there are increasing concerns about when the economic recovery can begin. That's why you're hearing so much talk, the unemployment numbers, so much talk about how quickly things can reopen and whether or not the CDC can relax those guidelines for people to go back to work more quickly uh, than they might otherwise have wanted to because uh, I think the economists and certainly the Treasury will feel that the lasting damage that could be done to, to a prolonged shutdown is what they fear. So in some ways, while the dip has been as absolutely uh, you know, astronomic downwards. If you leave it too long, they will fear that it will take longer to recover upwards again. To end the news, our top stories. A chartered flight to Guangzhou brings home Chinese citizens, including 27 Hong Kongers who were stranded in Morocco. The Commerce Secretary signals that government-guaranteed loans will soon be available and police arrest 10 in a Chimsatsai pub. The news from RTHK. Cheers, Pierre. on an extended holiday morning brew through till two with James Ross got some great songs between now and two
He did have some good songs, didn't he, in the 70s. Some Dan Hartman. Instant replay. Um, remember Relight My Fire. That was also done by uh, Take That. Uh, Dan uh, wrote these songs as well. And Dan's most successful song was actually a James Brown uh, recorded uh, song. It was Living in America, uh, which was top 10 in 1984. Remember that? That was written by Dan Hartman. Never t- 